He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else. On today's edition of Hall Access. He's been a fixture in the world of hip-hop for the past decade or so. And recently started making some serious noise here in the rock realm as well. Excited to welcome the one and only Jelly Roll to the Laser Hotline today. What's up? I'm doing well. How are you? Dude, I'm actually awesome, man. I'm in the studio myself and, uh... We're just we're just cooking on some new tunes, man, and and uh, figure we give y'all a call and harass y'all for a minute. You know, you can harass me anytime you like. For the record, uh, I got I got the bat phone now. This is the back line, ain't it? <laughs> Not everybody gets that number, pal. Uh, God, be careful! I'll start calling you mid-afternoon drunk now. I want to talk to everybody. You'd be the best damn co-host <laughs> I ever had, my friend. Let me tell you that. <laughs> And your services ain't going to come cheap, I imagine, but I think there's a negotiation in there somewhere. Oh, we'll be all right, man. Hell, <laughs> buy me a drink. Truth be told, I've been looking forward to this opportunity for a while, my man. Your story is a fascinating one. And finally now, being shared with rock radio audiences like our Laser Hellraisers, thanks to your new song, Dead Man Walking. You know, dude, I saw that video you posted on social media a few weeks back. You had hit the top 10 on the active rock charts. And, I mean, fast forward to present day, you're creeping up on top five my man Ooh, man it is i didn't think we'd make it to the top 10 so when i did that video i was like yo i didn't think we'd get here could tell i was like we made it further than i thought <laughs> yeah dude it's just everything about this is just surreal to me man i'm, I'm an underground kid i came from you know a, a neighborhood that very few people ever make it and leave out of that neighborhood so everything is just just Un- unreal to where it is now. Those of us that have followed your career going back over a decade know all about your skill set as a lyricist and a rapper, but the truth is your background and influences have been painted by an eclectic mix of artists. So let's start, I guess, with how you were raised and how music became such a driving force for you growing up nearby a place like Nashville. Yeah, well, so my mother, the story always starts with, it's a two-part story. Part one is my mother changed the way I looked at and listened to music forever. And this happened at a mighty early age. My mother would sit at the kitchen table, and uh, I've, I've documented well that she struggled with mental health problems and addictions. And she would listen to records. And she'd close her eyes smoking a cigarette. And I would watch these songs take her to another place, you know? And I just remember thinking, man, I don't know what's happening. But that song is playing is making her feel something. And from then on, I realized that I was never going to be a person that listened to music for the rhythm. I was going to be a person to listen to music for the feeling, you know? And that's how the songwriting portion of it came. The eclecticness of what I listened to is I was the baby. I had two older brothers and an older sister and, my older sister had a boyfriend that she ended up marrying 25, 30 years later and um, been together the whole time. And, you know, I was just a baby in the house, so I never controlled the radio dial. You know, I was never in charge. When I got in the car, I was the last person that somebody looked at and said, what station you want to hear, baby Jason? So, I, you know, my one brother listened to nothing but gangster rap. My sister listened to nothing but, like, hardcore rock and roll. My daddy listened to nothing but jazz and singer-songwriters like James Taylor and Jim Croce. My mother listened to nothing but oldies and Motown music and outlaw country music. So I was just always 
you know, I just I was influenced by so much different music my whole childhood. And you know, you're you're a better person for it, I think. I'm the same way where I had several different gateways into different genres and feel like I'm, you know, um more fully rounded as a music appreciator. I might not be creating like you do, but boy, in terms of appreciating music, um you know, it doesn't come any better than that sort of upbringing where you have them coming in from all different angles, you know? No, dude, it's just it changes your whole perspective and it makes I love that. I love that you said that the appreciation of music is I can listen to almost anything and appreciate something about it. You have a reputation for being a prolific writer, but honestly, I didn't realize to what extent until I saw your recent interview with my old friend Lou Brutus, and he and I are cut from a similar cloth, I think, in that the process fascinates us more than I think a casual music fan. So I'll do my best not to repeat a lot of what the two of you covered. In fact, I urge everyone to go take a look and listen to that interview after this one. But I will say what really stuck with me, Jelly, was how receptive you are to inspiration from life around Around you, how virtually anything could spark a song idea, and not everyone has the creative antenna for that. Oh, listen, I have note sections in my phone that I put notes in all day, just from the most random things. I mean, I've seen it in street signs. I've had songs that were written from literally a four-way stop and look at a street sign and think, that's crazy, you know? Um, I'm just always looking for, to me, there's a song in everything. I write with a guy around town that, that once told me he can hear a note or a chord in the way water drips. Hmm. And that just changed. I was like, wow. Every time that guy washes his hands. He's listening to the water flow in a different way than everybody else. Do you think we're born like that? Do you think uh, someone like you is born to do what you're doing? Oh, yes, I do. I I do. I think you work hard at it, too, right? Sure. I think that it's like anything else. You could not have, you could not, you could hate the guitar and pick it up tomorrow. And if you dedicate yourself to it, you'll fall in love with it and get great. But I don't think that I could, I don't think I was put here to do anything else on earth but write songs. The fact I get to sing them and and sometimes, occasionally, I get to be the vessel for the message is even cooler. But my heart and spirit will always be just for songwriting. What's it like coming from the hip-hop world and singing like you do? Is that something that comes natural or is that something you were nervous about at all? Very nervous and I've had to work really hard at it. You know, I've had to work really, really hard at it. I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. And I said, baby, some people have things, it's so funny, full circle, what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Some people have things naturally, and then some people have to work their ass off at it. Like, I still worked my ass off at songwriting, but I, like, naturally had a knack for it. My daughter does, too, but she works really hard at it, and she writes a couple songs a week. She has a goal to write X amount of songs a week. And I was like, but, baby, when it comes to singing, you know, we just were the kind, we have to work at it. You know, I have to really tune in and days i have to sing songs or do shows i do a lot of a lot of vocal stuff uh i really 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 practice singing a lot i mean i put hours a day into practicing just learning how to really sing you know and i love it so it's fun it's like i'm the guy that walks around the house singing so much my wife's probably tired of it <laughs> do you um do you find yourself if you find yourself singing somebody else's material do you do it in their voice or do you do it in yours because i imagine there'd be some pretty good covers come out of that yeah for sure what i've used to do when i first started learning how to sing i try to do it in their voice yeah and then i learned that the magic is trying to find out how you would sing it you know so you try to do it in your voice now 
for years, that's kind of how I learned how to sing was like, you know, Darius Rucker, right? You know hmm. what I mean? Or with arms wide open. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. Everybody wants to sing that that way, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you start thinking, you know, like, what, but what would it sound like if I sung it? And that's when you start finding your voice. And that is what's awesome. I think I always reference Brent Smith and Shine Down when I first heard them do Simple Man. Mm. You know, it's like nobody could ever do that the way Brent Smith did it, ever. You know what I mean? I, I Man, do I know what you mean. The first time I heard that gave me a... In fact, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it, man. Oh, dude. I do, too. <laughs> I, tell, I told Brent long before me... I got to sing it with, with the Blue Ridge Rock Festival, one of the coolest moments of my life. And I was talking to Brent. I was like, I did a radio interview. I mean, a, a podcast interview a year before I met Brent. And somebody was like, "You got a great voice, man. You should you should cover Simple Man." And I was like, "Have you ever heard Shine Down cover Simple Man?" And this guy, this podcast was a hip hop podcast. He was like, "Nah." I was like, "You listen to it and you see why I'll never cover." No, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I was that- like. And that's before I even became friends with Brent. So that's been really cool. That's high praise right there, my friend. And I, I tend to agree. I think Brent's got a, a talent that very few people are blessed with. That's for sure. My guest today is Jelly Roll, whose new collection of songs entitled Ballads of the Broken came out late last year and spawned a sizable hit in the rock world with Dead Man Walking. I know it's impossible to predict how a song might be received and how music fans might react when you put out something like that, but considering how many song ideas are potentially in motion at any given moment, you've certainly got a a filter of sorts, I'm guessing, through which you feel one song may work better than another. With, With this new album, Jelly, was the idea to assemble a group of songs that fit a certain feel, or how is it that you decide what ends up making the cut for a final product? God, that's the top three questions I think I've ever been asked. Wow, really? Um, I'm serious. It's making me think. Normally, I don't have to think, and you're making me think, shit. Jelly, that might be the top three compliments I've ever gotten from an artist I interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for my language, but I mean, you literally made me think. I think that I don't know, D-Ray's sitting here with me. How do you think that works for us, D-Ray? But how do we pick the songs that fit the right project? It's just a feeling thing, right, more than anything? Because we, we've had songs that, like, I'm sorry, I'm actually in the studio with my man who helps produce and write a lot of our music with us. And it's like, we've had a lot of cool songs that didn't make one project because it didn't feel right for that project. And then we'd circle back to the song on another project where we're like, well, you know what? No, that kind of feels right for this one, though. So, yeah, I think it's a feeling thing. I had to really think about that. But, yeah, it's like a feeling thing for us. Yeah, another thing I find interesting in terms of fan reaction, which I alluded to a bit ago, is how an artist like yourself is able to step out of what's expected of him and put out music that fans of a different style may or may not like. And obviously you can see how well Dead Man Walking has reacted with a mostly rock-based audience here. But do you hear much feedback from your more hip-hop-oriented fans, good or bad, in a situation like this? You know, man, I've been blessed that the people that listen to my music have followed this journey with me. And I think the most important thing is just making sure I continue to make music that makes people feel something. And they've just been nothing but supportive. And I've been, I've been dabbling with rock so long and singing songs and doing this that I don't think it actually came as like a left-sided surprise, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really been cool, man. And even now we're in the studio working and by nature of evolution, this album is a little heavier than the one we're working on like right now, right now. Yeah. 
but it's, you know, it just still, it feels right. It's like, to me, everything's just got to feel right. It's just got to, you know, you just got to make sure that whatever you're doing, you, you know how it, that it, that it, it feels right to you above. I tell people this in Nashville a lot, because a lot of these guys will pick up songs they didn't write or, you know, because the record label said it can be a hit or whatever. And I tell them all the time, I say, be careful. You're desperate for a hit, but don't end up singing a song that you can't sing with conviction in 20 years. Mm. You know? Oh. And I, I live by that. So for me, it's like I have to leave here and know that beyond the shadow of a doubt, I can sing this song with conviction. That is such a good point you made. I, I hate to say it because it's true. I think I've lost count of how many artists I've known over the course of time that fell into that same trap you're talking about. And now they're the most unhappy people on the face of the earth, despite all the success that maybe one or two songs brought them. No, for sure. They, you know, they have to sit there and live with that every time they go into a studio to think, man, I don't, you know, or every time they go to do a show or every time somebody sees them, it's like, cause you're going to have some songs that are going to dwarf everything you do, no matter what you do. Sure. And you when people stop you at a gas station and ask you about a song you wrote 20 years ago. You want to be able to smile and still feel great when they bring that song up. You know, I know guys that take songs out of their set list that are hits and fans will quit going to their shows. You know what I mean? Because the fans that song they never liked it. You know, I've known plenty of those too, man. Without naming any names, I've been in this business long enough to to know exactly what you're talking about. It makes me happy. It makes me smile to know that uh, you are definitely not one of those people. People. <laughs> no, sir. No, I stand on it, man. I, I, tell, I was joking with a guy today. We were doing some stuff, and they were filming. He said, you mind if I just film everything? I said, yeah, because I'm not going to say nothing. I won't stand behind. There you go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mean what you say and say what you mean, for sure. Old school, the old school way. It's lost art, my friend. You sound like you and I grew up similar as far as from an older era, and that, that is an art lost in time. I am with you 100%. I'm an upper Midwest guy, so I think this transcends uh, whatever region of the country that you live in. And By the way, I just passed through Nashville the other day. I absolutely love that place. Well, here's the good news. I'm sure you got friends down here, but you got another. So next time you pass through it, if you don't call me, I'll be offended. I'll make sure to give you my number before we hang up. Dick, anytime you're in the city, dude. Even if you just have time to hop off and grab a hot chicken sandwich with me, I'll meet you there. I've been dying to do that very thing. Every time I come down, it seems like I'm with my wife and my three kids, so I don't know what I'd want to burden you with that, but if I ever came down solo, I'd definitely hit you up. Oh, dude, I got kids, dude. We'll just load them all into the hot chicken spot. We just won't let them eat the hot chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Before I let you go, man, and I really appreciate your time again, this has been, like I alluded to earlier, uh, an interview that I've really been looking forward to for quite some time. I'm a big fan of yours. so. Oh, dude, thank you, my brother. It means a lot, too, man. Just thank you for the support of the record. It's uh, crazy. It's just, it's all unreal to me. I want to see you hit that number one, ring that bell, man. That's what I want to see. If I get to ring that bell, we are going to have a number one party in Nashville that will require a five-day IV bag. Well, I'll tell you what, pal. I'm going to book my flights now, then, because I think we're headed for that. I really do. (laughs) I'll cry. I really do. So one last thing I want to ask you about, because I'm curious, music is being consumed in so many more ways circa 2022 than when we were growing up. And like you, I also have a pretty wide palette of music that I like to listen to in my free time, including the singers and songwriters of the 1970s that I know you have a penchant for. So that said, are you also like me and still enjoy putting records on a turntable or have you yet to buy into the great vinyl resurgence? 
No, I am one of the guys. I have some vinyl at the house. I have now become a frequenter of the local record shop, and I go and, dude, I love it. And you know what it did for me? It has made me start to want to consume music the way it was originally meant to be consumed in its entirety. You bet. Because we're kind of back in this phase now where we want a song, one song at a time, and we want the song to be less than three minutes, right? I love that because I'll set that vinyl on and I'll start on side A and I'll start on song one and I'll let it play until I have to flip it, dude. And it gives me, and I'm not going to name any names, but I bought some old records and I bought some new records, right? Like some of the more current stuff. Mm -hmm. And the old records just felt like they were designed to be listened to all the way through. Like even new albums that I like, when I hear it on vinyl, I'm like, it could have really done without that song. And it's changed the way that I want to present music. You know what I mean? To people in packaging-wise, too. That's kind of why Ballads of the Broken was a... Sh I didn't do a shorter album because I thought that's the new era. I did an album that I thought would sound good on vinyl if you listened to it all the way through. Mm. I'm happy to hear you say that because now I'm going to want to go pick it up on vinyl and experience that journey for myself, for sure. I'm telling you, man, it changed my... I, I, now I'll, I'll brag on some of the new stuff that I thought was cool. Instead of, I don't want to diss nobody by name, but I will admire someone by name. Tyler Childers' record, mm. uh, uh, Long History of Violence, I believe was the name of the record. Okay. But I can't remember the exact name of the record, but it's a real kind of country whatever. And it is a beautiful body of work. I had new Lady May and I had new Feather Indians, but I never really gave the record a chance, like the whole album a chance until I got it on vinyl. And, man, it was impressive to listen to all the way through. And I guess I'm nerding out on that because I got that like two weeks ago. So it's like the one I'm putting on every day. But, yeah, it's, dude, yeah, I'm, I'm vinyl. Are you, are you got a vinyl collection? I have my dad's old stereo setup that he bought in 1971 on shore leave. He was on an aircraft carrier in the Vietnam War. And they had a shore leave in Taiwan, and he bought a bunch of stereo equipment, some Sansui stuff. So I've still got the old vintage stuff, including the speakers. And the turntable's new, but, yeah, I own a ton of vinyl, man. I love that. Yeah, dude, that is nuts, man. Some things just get better with time, dude. That is just good old stuff, dude. Yep. God, that's dope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've, I've became a part of the resurgence. I was a late bloomer to it, admittedly, <laughs> but I have definitely... Yeah, it's a big thing in my house. I have a little video game room where I play video games. Nice. Every night, the first thing I do when I walk in there before I even turn the Xbox on is I throw a record on. What's old is new again, and like you said just a bit ago, too, um, you know, music in general is cyclical, and that back in the day, I mean, we've seen this before, music used to be built on singles and, and not so much the albums. But I'm happy right. to see that we're coming back around again, and it feels like more artists like yourself are writing bodies of work rather than just churning out hit singles, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. It's just our process changed. I was just telling somebody, we used to do stuff in the skillet, and now we're going back to the crock pot. Ah, I like so, that. Yeah, we used to be like, oh, let's just, you know, sit down and write an album in two weeks, you know, or whatever, three weeks, like a rock band. Like, let's just all live together and write the album. And now we're doing that, but we're doing it in, like, over the course of months. We'll spend two weeks and write a bunch of stuff and then take a few weeks off and then come back and live together again for two weeks. And, I mean, when I say we live together, I mean, we, we part ways long enough to nap. <laughs> and then we're right back in here cooking and we'll take time off and we're just really kind of making sure that whatever we do is feels right and you are loving every minute of it oh dude this is the greatest process on earth i hadn't been to work a day in my life 
Well, that's when you know you've truly uh, found what you're meant to do. Going back to what I asked you earlier, man, I think you were meant for this, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier for the success you've, you've enjoyed thus far and are enjoying now, man. It's amazing. Oh, dude, thank you, brother. Dude, it's all because of guys like you and our boy Lou. Lou, <laughs> Lou, Lou. I got a hold of Lou early, man. Just guys that just kind of got behind it and was like, you know what, this is different, but we've been around long enough that we've seen different a lot. So this is cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think Lou and I are cut from a very similar cloth. Been friends with him for many years. So again, my man, I've I've been looking forward to this, and uh, thank you so much for the time and and for a great conversation. You can uh, feel free now that you have the hotline to just drop a line anytime and uh, and bust in on me. It's all good. Dude, you will get harassed. Fair <laughs> warning. <so. laughs> oh, I love it, man. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Yo, and if we ring the bell, we'll hop back on and talk about it. I'll tell you what. We ring that bell. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be booking that flight to Nashville. That's what Come I'm thinking. Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> you, it's going to be one you don't want to miss. It's going to be one of them old school parties that last a couple days. Oh, <laughs> been a while since I've been a part of one of those, but, boy, what a celebration it'll be. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. Thank you for taking the time, brother, and I hope to chat soon.